the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. a second we'll let you talk okay <laughs> missy how are you today great how are you thanks I'm for having me good. back see i remember her last name bosh thank you i remember that from last <laughs> week because that's a that's a unique name i wish we were Except related that, to the bosh company yeah that'd be a little bit of money huh <laughs> yeah Getting a little bit of money and then we got gabrielle with us today she's with the college republicans we're glad to have you here. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And it's going to be a lot of fun talking with her to find out how I bring her on and other from the, you know, like when Seth Mays was involved and stuff, because it gives me a little bit of hope. A, yeah, l- a little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> a little. Because I know the fights that are going on. Yeah. And uh, it gives me a little hope that there are young people that haven't been snookered about everything that's being right. jammed down their throat right well college republicans always uh love the support so. okay yeah, well, we're gonna awesome. we're gonna have you on and we're gonna make it possible for you to come on at least uh every about six weeks okay tell us what's going on as far as that's going now we brought missy back on because last week she was here and we've got a fight going on in cabot that went on in northwest Arkansas several years back. You remember that I had Lori Lee on constantly for about three months because she was fighting the same same kind of battle. And I called this morning and left her a voicemail. I don't know if she's a late riser, early riser, or whatever, but I left her a voicemail to see if she wouldn't call in and and remind everybody about what she went through uh, trying to get books out of the school that should never have been in the school in the first place so we'll try to get her on the air and if we don't get her this week we'll get her next week i'll get it all set up but you'll remember we let think we left things off last week it was a cliffhanger episode all right we had a cliffhanger episode that uh missy was going to talk to the librarians you had sent them a letter correct um we, I or emailed email. them to set up an appointment with them, yes. Okay. Asking them to tell her, you know, how to get some of these books re- removed. Now, there's books that are in the high school library that I dare say you wouldn't let your children have for the most part. Most of you wouldn't. I mean, some of you might, okay? You don't, you probably don't even read the books that your kids read. But anyway, th- th- there's ridiculous stuff in there. 
I mean, about how to have gay sex and all kinds of stuff. And there, there's no reason. Look, there's there's no reason to have a book in the library that gives you the, pardon the pun, the in and outs right. about, uh, you know, heterosexual sex. Right. right, exactly. All right, there's, there's no reason to have that, which I'm going to quote one of the librarians for you here in a few moments. That you're not going to believe what they had to say. But uh, you got your answer, and it I was did. not what you were looking for. No. No. So um, I read all the policies, the media policy. I read everything, how to get books removed, but I don't want the books removed. I want to have clarification on the policy, how they were allowed in our school in the first place. Why did you buy these books in the first place? Or the Junior Library Guild sends them free books, which she said, all come with reviews. And so we put them on the shelf or books were donated. And I and I kept asking the media specialists. They're no longer librarians. Um, oh, media specialists. Where do you go? Called, right. Mm-hmm. Where do you go for these reviews? Like a garbage man's a sanitation right. worker. I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so exactly. I, right. And and she's like, well, this is a, a review, and you know, all these whitewashed reviews that publishers put out. They're not going to say on page sixty one. You know, we're telling kids how to snort cocaine and then turn around and have <laughs> explicit sex right and so um i kept pushing for it and the vice principal was there and she was just about as snippy as the media specialist but um they refused to tell me all they kept doing was reading their page that is written specifically on how to get books in there but i'm like you're missing they were skipping over the part where books had to be age appropriate that is in all of the verbiage and even the superintendent refuses to look at that. Yeah. So here I am with three ladies across from me, and it was me and another lady, um, and they refused to answer questions. And so they said, okay, we're done here. Are you going to um, appeal this book? And I'm like, I guess I have to because you're not going to answer my questions. So then we go to the library, and I'm like, we have every right to walk in the library, and the computers will not turn on for us. So first of all, kids probably don't even go to the library Computers didn't work, and when I finally got one to work, it jammed up, and the ladies refused to help me log on because the vice principal told me, we're not going to help you challenge our books. (laughs) And I'm like, it's my right to be here, and you need to come out and help me. Well, can't you just do this at home on your child's Chromebook? I'm telling you, I was shaking, thinking, you're a vice principal of our school? What's her name? Do you have her name? Whisker. Mrs. Whisker. Okay. Um, and then the other two ladies um, will talk about what they told me that we do not supply books just, just for. for white heterosexual Christians. Wow. And she looked me in the eye and said that. And I said, this ain't about white or heterosexual or Christian. It's about parents who are sending me the books saying this is not for anyone under 18. Uh-huh. And they say they don't card kids. So a 14-year-old can go check out these books. They don't card the kids. Right. So no. it's up to the parents. Well, they said. really don't even have to do that. I mean, they can go in their system and find out what their age is. Exactly. Right. When they well, check out, no one it in there that up. should be buying it in the first place. Or renting the book be in, yeah. there in the first place. But if they want to give books to the older crowd, let's say the 18-year-olds and old, older, they need to separate them. They or have the, to, just or like the, the child that's been set back three or four years. Well, exactly. <laughs> or you've got kids 
that are one and two years ahead. Right. So you have a 12, 13-year-old in high school, and they're checking out, hey, I saw that, you know, in this Reddit forum that this book has all these great, you know, whatever. So what's stopping them from checking these out? Definitely not the school. They don't care. They don't use the same standard in the library as they do for curriculum. Right. And that's exactly what um, Dr. Thurman said. This is our standard. If you don't like it, you need to appeal it. You have to um, fill out the paperwork. So I have one book per month that I can appeal. Missy, you're exposing That's hilarious. Your agenda. <laughs> yeah. My agenda. I don't care about anything but sexually explicit. Yeah. I do not you're care about You're exposing their agenda. You know, I am. They I have love an agenda. Books. They yeah. have an agenda. It's an agenda. It's to over-sexualize our kids because mm-hmm. once you make them numb to that, you got them for everything That's right. else. So you said that it's uh, one book per month. About how long do you think it'll take you to appeal them all? Well, I looked up. Um, all you have to do is put in a search engine in just the LGBTQT+. Has over 200 books from, I found one down into the um, middle school. So a couple in the middle school, a few are in the junior high, a lot are in the freshman academy, and then the rest are all in the high school. So I'd have to get together 200 parents and we could all do one in one month, you know, each, or I do it myself. But I don't want them appealed. I want them to do and tell me what their process is for allowing And who made that rule in the first place that you could only Uh, do one book a month? The school board. Oh, imagine Because they're the ones who write all policies. Imagine that. Of course, that they would, you know, accept your appeal anyway. Right. Exactly. They don't have to. They can say, sorry, we have a set of kids that are LGBTQT and we're appealing to them. But that's that's, not, and that's not even the question It's not. It's not. The question is, look, there's a lot of straight you know, heterosexual kids over in Cabot High School, right. junior high, whatever. But that doesn't mean that you have to have a copy of The Joy of Sex in your uh, right. your school uh, library. Correct. Right. Correct. And you don't need um, Fifty Shades of Grey, which are not in there. But I went well, to a good bunch- for them. <laughs> right. They I'm don't surprised. put that one in there. Not yet. On the floor. That's but there next are year. a lot that, <laughs> that I have found that... I mean, I went through yesterday because Common Sense Media has a lot of them, but I could go to parents or like these bloggers who read books and they're like, books your kids should not be reading in school. And these are moms that wrote the blogs and they're like sexually explicit, sexually explicit, tells them to get drunk, get high and then go have sex. Or, you know, it's like just constant. And I'm thinking. And see, that's not LGBTQ. No, those are straight books. That's not straight kids. That's That's that's, just a kid. That's kids. Yes. All right. And, uh, the, uh, yeah, I got some real questions uh, as we go through the show today. If you got questions, 823-0965, and I'm, I'm kind of understanding that uh, the superintendent is uh, hostile uh, to, <laughs> to, say the least. to what, you yeah. guys, what you guys are trying to do. So, you know, this is not about censorship. This is about age-appropriate mm-hmm. reading material. Right. I mean, I'm sure they got these same books, perhaps, over in the public library, and they're made available, all right? But are they age-appropriate for a high school, junior high, uh, elementary school library? That's Mm -hmm. that's the question. And hopefully we have not reached the point uh, here in Arkansas, like they've they've reached in in, uh, Virginia, uh, where they say that 
parents don't have any say in what their kids are, are being taught. All right, got to get our first break in, and then we'll come back and talk more about this. If you have a question about it, again, 823-0965. If you're, uh, you know, concerned about the uh, out-of-control government spending, the soaring inflation, the political unrest, and a rapid decline of the U.S. dollar, and by the way, I heard today that uh, they expect oil prices to continue to go up for another three to four weeks. They broke $82, I think, yesterday. Um, They're looking for them to double in that time. So take a look at the price at the pump right now. A lot of people, a lot of the stations I'm seeing, they're at $299 and holding right now, kind of, you know, because they know when they hit three, people are going to get, you know, the sphincter response is is going to be a serious one. Um, so th- they're talking about $7 a gallon. Think about that. You know, what's that going to do? What's that going to do uh, to the way you live your life? Well, you know, the folks over at David Lucas Financial say that you should be looking at silver and gold to help protect your nest egg right now. You don't want a 1970s-style inflation uh, destroy your retirement. Learn how silver and gold can help you uh, uh, protect your assets. Uh, the IRA 401k, the hard-earned savings, by calling 501-222-3315. Uh, they work, the folks at David Lucas Financial, with one of the only registered and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, 22 minutes uh, after 6, I told you that we had Gabrielle here. She is the uh, president of the... Uh, college Republicans, and how long have you held that position now? I've held the position for seven months. Nope, oh, there, they turned, you got your mic. I've held the now. position for seven months. All right, great. And how how much longer you got? Just four months, five months? Um, so our uh, our convention is usually held in April. So okay. That will be the end of my term. Okay, because I've had Seth Mays on, and of course he was the head of, I'm trying to think up in Stone County, who was... Was, Darren Waddles. Yeah, Darren Waddle, and I've I've I let a lot of younger people come on my show. In fact, I've got some high schoolers uh, that I'm ferreting and vetting right now, Good. and we're going to bring back the youth panel again. Good. So that, that, as the youth go, goes the country. I just want to remind you about this. So, give me some things to hang my hat on here, Gabrielle. There's not everybody in in college has has uh, put on a brown shirt and has espoused the benefits of socialism. Have they? No, not everybody. Um, so I will say that uh, college Republicans. We have eight really strong chapters here in Arkansas. Um, we're really proud of those chapters because we all work really hard on our campuses to make sure that our conservative voices are heard, um, which can definitely be a struggle, um, but we do our best. Um, I know that. Uh, a lot of kids my age, they hear the things on the news that um, they don't really like to challenge themselves and read uh, opposing views <laughs> That's um, good. and really learn how the world actually works um, for themselves. 
Um, and so I think that that's really sad. Um, and so that's why I uh, became a college Republican, because I think that um, it's just really important to learn other viewpoints. Um, and the, the right side is the right side. So what, when do you what's a, what's a conversation like for you when you sit down and you start talking to somebody and you know that they're so far left that they've left our universe. Um, well, I love that you assume I can have a conversation with them. Usually they don't want to have a conversation with me. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, a lot of times I think in college, uh, it's pretty easy for you to assume that you are right no matter what. Um, and so a lot of people come into conversations and they know that they're not going to have their mind changed and they're only wanting to change yours. Right. So there's not an actual conversation happening. It's just, this is what I believe and you're wrong because you don't believe the same thing that I do. Right. And I like that. And I have a few friends that sit on the other side of the aisle as me, but we just don't talk about politics. Once we start talking about it a little bit, we realize that we're not going to be on the same page about it. Uh And You know what's so weird about that? Because I've got the same problem. I've got friends that are on the left that I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm friends with Joyce Elliott, okay? But I don't talk politics with her because she's nuts, all right? (laughs) I've told her that. I think that she's crazy. But... uh, they don't see that, and but doesn't it amaze you that you can get along with a person, and in a lot of things you see eye to eye, but then when you really start talking about you know political points and things, you're just miles apart. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've also noticed with uh, college students my age is that a lot of us don't really disagree on the end goal. It's just how to get there for a lot mm-hmm. of things. I mean, there's some things that, you know, we'll completely disagree on, but um, the commonalities, people don't even want to talk about those either. That's what I'm saying. It, you know, it's it's really weird. It's a, a very strange feeling at times. It is. I mean, I, I know where Joyce stands, like, for instance, on abortion, all right? And we, I can honestly say that we are... To the nth degree, 180 degrees apart right. on that. And I'm that way with most Democrats, yeah. all right, as far as that's concerned, because their party has gone off the deep end on it. Right. I mean, it's right. their holy sacrament. Right. And uh, that's a problem. So, uh, you know, but, you know, I can go out and have dinner with them mm-hmm. and say, yeah. you know, this is pretty good wine. You know, yeah, it's pretty yeah. good wine. We can talk about But I'm like that with some Republicans, even. Right. right. I mean, I will tell you, I like Mike Huckabee a lot. When I first got here, he was governor. Um, and some of the things that he did, I was adamantly opposed to. Yeah. And I didn't think that he was standing up for Republican uh, principles. Right. And I, I argued. I mean, this is when you had four state representatives that were known as Shiite Republicans uh, that uh, Governor Huckabee had, you know, tagged them with that name wow and uh all they wanted to do is for people to have a little bit of freedom right right it's pretty sad when um your conversations with your friends devolve to only being able to have small talk you can't do anything else yeah you can't get deep you're right right you get deep and it's you can't get, you know it's like i went and saw the movie dune look dune is the most anti-capitalistic film you'll ever see is it oh absolutely Absolutely. I mean, the whole thing in Dune, when they talk about spice, that's uh, the mineral that's on the uh, planet Arrakis, uh, that is oil. Mm -hmm. That's what what Herbert was writing about. And uh, he had become not a – he wasn't a – 
you know, Buddhist. He didn't. He wasn't into Islam, but he was into Buddhist. But you're going to hear a lot about. You're going to say, you know, this sounds kind of like Islam to me when really? you start listening yeah. to the Muad'Din and all of that kind of stuff in the movie. Hmm. And uh, I can go see that kind of stuff, and it doesn't change my mind right. about how I feel. And it's very, very entertaining. And I now know that George Lucas rips off everybody for Star Wars. But I, I just got to tell you that uh, it was a good movie. Yeah, cinematography is fantastic. David Lean didn't didn't have anything on this movie. It's really, really good. Well, and you mentioned you know Hollywood does a lot of uh, just indoctrination, but oh, I think yeah. that it, from my age, I'm 23 years old. Um, I would not be uh, where I am like as a conservative or a Republican. If it wasn't for my parents, um, my dad is a retired army veteran of 20 years and my mom put up with five kids for yeah, a really long time. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be who I am without them. So really thankful. But they raised me to you know, critically think and things like that. And I think that uh, parents often forget, you know, we've talked about the school board and everything, is that we rely too much on the education system to make sure that our, our kids are critical thinkers and we don't do as much as we probably should right yeah my problem is with the education system and we get a break in here because we got news coming up is that they minor on education and they major on cultural mm-hmm. you know issues like uh you know exactly you know are yep. you are you straight are you gay are you this mm-hmm. are you that all right we'll talk more about this when we come back here on the dave ellswick show hey don't forget about uh, getting your uh, health insurance set up it's that time of the year again and if you want to do it differently and you want to save some money, like 30 to 50%, then you need to talk to Pat Davis, and he will help you do that. But I'm going to tell you right now, I can't sit, sit here. I can tell you the benefits of being with Pat. I can't tell you how he does what he does. Only he can do that. So you'll need to call him at uh, 501-605-6935. And here's some things that he'll tell you he can do. The... Uh, health insurance that he will help you get is great if you're self-employed for sure uh if you're a, an owner of a business and you still give your uh you know your your workers health insurance he can really help you with that as well it is real insurance it's actual insurance it's not a a share plan share plans are not real insurance and uh, you can use any of the uh, providers in the nation. Now, here's the other two the two things that everybody, when I say these, they go, what? Uh, no co-pays. There's no co-pays that you'll ever have. That means you go see the doctor and you don't have to shell out 50, 7,500 bucks just to get in for 15 minutes or 10 minutes. And they say, well, we're going to give you a Z-Pack. Uh, you don't have to do that. Uh, the other thing is, is if there's money left over, you get it, not the insurance company. You'll get a, a check from uh, the insurance company or the hospital or whatever. Uh, you won't be writing a check out. So, again, uh, 501-605-6935 or yourhealthplanman.com. Talk to Pat Davis. Do that today. Save yourself some money. I've not met too many people who don't want to save some money. So, I'm going to figure all of us are on that same page. All right, we got Missy here. We got Heather here. We got Gabrielle here. And uh, the female uh, power panel is in. The Bible guys are coming up after 7 o'clock. And from what I understand, I think everybody's going to be here today. 
is that uh, we're going to have Scott, Steve, and Billy here. And we had a bunch of questions. I think we have five or six questions that we've got to tackle uh, today. So before we uh, get to them, let's uh, talk a little further here. So what's your next step, Missy? We've been talking about what to do about these books. Are they really going to try to force you to do one book a month? They are. That's They're just digging their heels in. They want to follow by you know, this, this media and library policy. And so, um, we are going to petition the school board for an open school board meeting, which I think is absurd to have to speak at our own school board meeting. Yeah. You get 50 um, signatures, right. To be able to get 50 signatures. Have you heard anything like this? I have not. No. Yeah. I've it's never heard. Almost every school yeah. board in our. Here's what's interesting about that. If you want to go and sit in front of a state senate or a state rep you know representative committee meeting you don't you just sign the paper exactly you don't have to have 50 signatures that allows you to sign the paper that sounds i want to say i call them the politburo that's exactly (laughs) what they are yeah yeah it it, it's like even loudon schools in virginia yeah they allow open school board meetings you just sign up they'll just lie to you exactly they'll just (laughs) lie to you and tell you nothing bad happened trying to pass their policies but you hear that kid that that, did the deed oh yeah raped girl oh yeah guilty yeah and he the superintendent openly denied it just so that policy could be passed well well thankfully he resigned it goes against what we've been saying all along what's to say that a kid, a boy in this case, uh, saying that he identifies as a girl mm-hmm. to get into the girl's restroom mm-hmm. won't do something that we'll all regret later, right. especially exactly. to the young lady. Right, and he proved it right there. Well, he the police have said that there's no doubt it was non-consensual sex. Oh, yeah. And he did it there, but he had done it before at another what? school. Mm-hmm. This is the second time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But see, that goes against their narrative. Exactly. So they don't care if they put your kids at risk. Exactly. They got to protect their narrative. And it's the same thing here that you're talking about, Cabot. Mm -hmm. They got to protect their narrative, even though they've got, you know, uh, books in the school that talks how to perform, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, homosexual sex. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't need books like that. that. As far as I know. Okay. And what do I know? I only raised eight kids. And I got 13 grandkids. All right. Here's all I know. I don't send my kids to school to learn sex. Right. Mm -mm. That's not why I send them. I want you to teach them how to read and how to write and how to add and subtract and multiply and divide. Those are the things we want you to teach our children. And they're not doing that. According to their annual grades, Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. failing miserably at that. Yeah. Yep. Now, if there was a book in there that was exposing how corrupt the schools were, they'd have that thing pulled in about two seconds. <laughs> they would. You yeah. know it. How how your school. Right. You know, how your school sub to get exactly. to your, yep. your parents or something. Yep. Yeah, and that, manipulate your, your, your school of thought. They don't teach our kids how to think. They Mm-mm. teach them what how to, to think. think. Yep. Yeah, and it yep. is just—it's not critical thinking. No. Oh, definitely not. It's walking. This is what you're step. going to think. Mm-hmm. It only gets worse in college, too. right? Oh, yeah. college is the yeah. Worst. Don't test them. Go ahead and tell some of your stories. <laughs> I mean, you said that you're close to graduation. Yes, sir. And so, when you write a paper or whatever, 
you have to read the paper that you've written and make sure that you don't have anything in there that you think would trigger the professor. Right. There's been several times where I've like, rewritten papers because I knew that if I turned in my actual opinion, then I would definitely fail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the I'm double majoring in political science and public administration. And wow. the purpose of a political science degree really is just your opinion. Um, and you learn theory as well. And so I can't even, everyone else in my classes can, you know, say their own opinion and, and not feel like their grade or just general well-being being in the class will be threatened. But I as can't. long as you're not a conservative, right, you can feel relaxed in the class, right? Exactly. So I just uh, um, I used to keep my mouth shut, but now that I've gotten older, I'm a little bit more bold, um, and so I uh, I just try to speak my mind a little bit more often. But I also have to remember that I do need to be careful. So that's wild. It is. That's wild. I never felt that way. In, in my now I I can tell you my philosophy classes. If you brought up the concept of God in class, you figure you and the professor were going to tangle for a full mm-hmm. hour. Mm-hmm. And it was just going prove your God that God exists. I said, well, prove that He doesn't. Mm-hmm. That used to drive them crazy. Oh yeah, you know. Not even mentioning that you know I pay to be there, and so I'm yeah. paying them to give me a bad grade <laughs> right. for my own opinion. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> And there's yeah. no um, recourse like so these, you know, the the librarian said white heterosexual Christians. Well, how do I turn her in? Because the superintendent said we don't talk about personnel issues. Uh, <laughs> well, who do I report her to? Because I could go to the state. I found the form. Yeah. I don't think the Cabot schools want me to go straight to the state. So well, evidently they do if they don't want to deal with it on a local issue. And who are you going to be dealing with there? Johnny King? Yep. Good luck. And the state school board. <laughs> oh, good luck, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's corrupt all the way to the top. It really pretty is. pretty bad. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want to fight for each book. I want to know the standard. That's it. As a right. parent, I want to know how, yeah, how these books are how getting in there. How did you buy a book yeah. that, that talks about, you know, they pushed him over and put his feet up by his ears? Exactly. All right. How do you... How how do you buy that book? Why they they because it has a good rating on these different um, publishing pages or publishing websites, right? So then you have this one one two or three area in the book that talk about explicit sex, Ugh. and so they ignore that because you know that's how real life is. Uh, if my kid's doing that right now, that's a parent's problem, and I will be right dealing with that. That's so why do I life. need to have them go to a high school library to get that kind of information. Right. Yeah, that should not be real life for a fourteen-year-old. No, or, absolutely yeah, not. Seventeen-year-old. No, no. Mm-hmm. We've got to take back this corrupt, right, gross culture that is right. like just invading our kids' minds. I want them to go to school and learn how to read, write, and do right. arithmetic. Yep. yep. Not. Not everybody perform. has. Right. Not everybody has the privilege of pulling their kid out sex. and put them in a private school or homeschool. And some people are like, just do that. Just pull them out of school or you know, put them in a homeschool setting or something. And they don't understand. Not everybody has that privilege. And those kids that are in school right now, they're going to grow up and they're going to be voters you do, Heather. someday. You, you got white privilege. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. But, you know, I'm worried but, about the other kids that right. don't have that They're going that to grow right. up. They're going to be voters. And they're going to affect our society one way right. or another. We're going to have to deal with them. So... Yeah, yeah we'll have to wait until they hit 30 years old and figure out what real life is all about. <laughs> right. Well, 30, that's about it, before they get their first right. job. Exactly. I mean, it's like what, living it's in their what Winston basement. Churchill mm-hmm. said, all right, if you're not liberal and you're under 30, you don't have a heart. Right. 
if you're if you're over 30 and not conservative you have no brain exactly right? and that's yeah. the truth i mean that's it's true it's absolutely true look i can i'm one of the people that can i can tell you i didn't have a brain at one time <laughs> i belonged to the sds when i was in in uh, college that's the students for a democratic society mm-hmm. who came out of the sds the weatherman if you know anything about mm-hmm. bill Ayers and all of those people all right the, we're still dealing with those people yeah. yep. right all right all they're not doing is putting bombs. bombs in the university of wisconsin right now yeah. did you say it was willie online hey willie how you doing brother dave have you ever seen a one-eyed jack uh i don't know if i have or not to be honest with you <laughs> You're speaking to one. No, okay. I'm an eighth-degree eighth black belt in judo. Okay. Well, did somebody put a finger in your eye? Is that what happened? No, I was born with only one eye. Oh, were you, only, you were born with only one eye? Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm a one-eyed jack. I did not know I that, use, I, only, I only use my ability for good, that's all. That's good. Don't, don't, don't go out and buy a Superman costume. They've changed it now. <laughs> No, I won't buy that, Dave. All right. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks a lot, man. I love Willie when he calls and brings stuff like that up. If you're not, don't understand what I'm talking about about Superman. Oh, yeah. They they changed his whole outfit, Mm -hmm. and it's not truth, justice in the American way. I think it's like truth, justice, and for for humanity or something like that now that they've they've made it and in the in the alternate world because now they got all these different worlds now he's bisexual now in this alternate world yes it's just it's just crazy stuff anymore that's going on because you know that's just normal behavior all right 647 uh don't forget about my good uh, buddy eric over at hillcrest designer jewelry he's at 3000 cavanaugh boulevard and suite e eric is not only uh, a person who can fix your jewelry, you know, stone comes out, or you need to get it cleaned or whatever. Look, don't do it the way I used to do it. Toothpaste and a, and a toothbrush. Am I the only one here that's sitting here that that's how I clean, you clean your jewelry? You do that. See, it doesn't, it won't scratch the metal, but it will, it, you'll be amazed how clean it gets. But anyway, he'll do that for you. He's got devices that are specifically made for that. You know, he's got a, um, He's got one of those lasers, uh, kind of like a liquid thing that, that he uses. That's amazing. He's got a computer that will design a ring, a bracelet, a necklace, uh, so that you can see exactly what it's going to look like uh, before you have him make it. And uh, he's an artisan as well, which means he takes that computer. He can he can put in the ideas that you're saying to him to make the ring that you want to make for the special someone you want to give it to. Uh, but if you want to do it for Christmas, you got to get a hold of him now. That doesn't happen like overnight. It doesn't happen in a week. It takes several weeks to uh, fashion a unique piece of jewelry. Call him at 501-246-3655. 501-246-3655. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry at 3000 Cavanaugh, Suite E here in Little Rock. They open at 10 a.m. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Phone lines are open to you, 823-0965, 823-0965. Okay, so if you're you're white, uh, you're heterosexual, and you're Christian, you can't call in in the next segment. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right, you can't because your, your opinion doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But at least to the, to the 
No, they're not called librarians. Media specialists. Media specialists mm-hmm. uh, over at the high school library in, in Cabot. Uh, bottom line is, I just like to know as a parent, do you think they should have explicit books about sex? It doesn't matter to me if it's gay sex, straight sex, you know, what kind of, you know, we make it up as we go sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't think that those are the correct books to have in your in your library right you know i think that's that's up to parents to be teaching to their children in their churches and and wherever they get their okay direction from i i i've come to the realization there's a lot of you don't go to church okay i understand that uh and and you don't buy it i i've gotten enough uh emails to talk about zombie jesus and and all the rest of this stuff (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's fine if you want to believe it that way. Bible's pretty clear that people who don't believe there's a God are fools. But that, that's that's just bottom line. Right. So do you think that those books should be – your child should be able to walk into the public library uh, of the school and just check out that book? Nope. And read it? Nope. Nope. No, and I – and I am such a firm believer, like I love the First Amendment and I love books, but if they filled the library with actual classics that are going to teach our kids something, yep. there wouldn't be room for all that smut, right? right. So yeah. why are we not, there are a list of classics, thousands and thousands of books. Why aren't our libraries filled with that? Because all I see is this new age, new young adult book style right. that are just relationships like what are these books teaching our kids except to drink to do drugs and to have sex and you know i have a home library that (laughs) i could take pictures for cabot school if they don't know what a classic is you know like i could give them that information a separate piece how about that put that in the school library yeah you know read that one about a friend that dies you know and how they dealt with that right you know a world championship future swimmer i mean that's a great book there's so many good books i mean it has to be a great book it's still out there and i read it in high school right and that was a long time ago i was like fred flintstone i had to write a brontosaurus to school. <laughs> isn't it a shame that uh 1984 is only read by seniors that are taking an ap class i think everybody should read it and, yeah yes, I, absolutely yeah and stranger in a strange land right and uh, Animal Farm. Animal Farm. You know, I think they should read all of those, but uh, doesn't meet the narrative. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially Animal Farm. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. You could start yeah. reading that one in fifth grade and yeah. the kids understand what that one is. Yeah, you can start you can start doing things in class. <laughs> the Naked Communist is another good one. Yeah, I got that in my, yep. my Kindle. Mm-hmm. I, I go back and here's what I do. I go back and read books like that. Yeah. I do, too. Countless yeah. times. And... Uh, 1984, I've read that a bunch, a bunch, and and that was written by a guy that wasn't a Christian. Nope, Mm -hmm. but he understood. Yeah, now he was heterosexual and he was white, but he was not a Christian, so I guess that's why his book's not in a lot of libraries. Maybe, yeah, so it's it's (laughs) kind of freaky though that if if you've ever read that book, now I read it. Uh, back in the uh, the late '60s, mm-hmm. okay, so that was a long time away. <laughs> and look at it coming and true. Now it's all yeah. it's all happening right in front of me, yeah, and that right. really blows me, my mind. But he lived in England, uh, and he was fighting against the communists from getting a, a firm foothold over in the UK, 
and and talked about the, what the socialists did mm-hmm. and how they went about doing it. And guess what? That's it, they're doing it right, right now, right, right now. here in front of your and your it's, eyes. It's open. Yep. Yeah. Not even trying to hide it anymore. Yep. Now the problem with me was rats don't bother me, so I don't know what they would use on me to put me over the edge. <laughs> the two plus worked. two is five. Yeah. <laughs> Spiders. <laughs> Spiders. Oh. Yeah, they can get me with spiders. That, that oh. would do it. You know, anything that's got more than two eyes, I don't like it. Oh, <laughs> I'm not a spider guy. I save them. But yeah, I mean, there's, these are all books. I mean, look, I don't know. Do me a favor. Look mm-hmm. up in the public library. I call it public, but the school library. School it's, or Cabot? It's Cabot. Okay. Cabot High School. See if they have Huckleberry Finn or uh, Tom Sawyer in there. I'd be interested if they've got it because they've pulled it out of right. a lot of libraries right. because it's racist. Right. No, it's not. No, yeah. it was, it, and that's the thing that Mark they, Twain was anything but a racist. Right, and and you have to look at everything in historical context. Just like when people try to say things about the Bible, let's look at historical context of when it was written. Mm-hmm. And so you have to because now you see books that are written and they try to write them in historical context and they want to ban them. Yeah. And they're like, well, no, this is historic historically accurate we mm-hmm. need to speak the truth about what happened they don't want to hear it anymore they want to erase yep. history yeah because it's repeating itself and <laughs> yeah right. so let me let me warn you i warn people about this don't get your history from movies nope don't get your history from historical fiction correct yep. all right because they make stuff up yep. you know they'll they'll have a character that has nothing to do with any of the historical characters that you'll see in in the book and uh you're supposed to just take it. Right. You right. Know, I'm what, a firm believer in going to bio, like the biographies and the information that's presented firsthand. Yeah, yeah. of course. That's what they what you're supposed to do. Right. All right. I need you back here next week. I'll be Can here. Can you come back? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, this saga continues. Yes. This is what we did with Lori Lee. Did the same thing. If a, col- if a, a college student wants to be part of the college Republicans... Do you guys have a website that they can go to and search you guys out? Uh, you can find us at uh, ArkansasGOP.org. We are currently making a College Republicans website, um, and that will be linked to the Arkansas GOP website, of course. And as always, if you would like to donate to College Republicans, there you go, there you so go. that we can yeah. continue our operations across the state and providing a conservative voice on your college campuses, you can send a check to Arkansas College Republicans to 1201 West 6th Street in Little Rock, Arkansas. Just look up where the GOP party headquarters are. All right. Get the money there. Thanks for coming in, Gabriel. Thank you, sir. It's always (laughs) to have you come in. We're going to have you back again. You ready for it? You didn't get scared, did you? No. Okay. I'm glad you you weren't scared of me. That's good. Oh, I'm not scared of you. All right. Heather, thanks for coming in. Always a pleasure. Yes. We'll see you again. Thanks to you. We'll try to get Lori Lee on next week here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Bible Guys are next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Next chapter, your best chapter. Hallelujah. How can it be that you love the most unlovable right me? How could you see your life was the only gift I ever need to be free? It's amazing. 
that song, Heidi. That's got a little bit of a Ramsey Lewis kind of piano riff to it. I like that. A little, little jazzy kind of thing going on in the background. That's good. Who is that? That's Kirk Franklin. Franklin, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, he's like the... He's like the, the soul brother that I never had, you know. I like him. I like him a lot. I've got a couple of his albums. These are really, really good. Well, today is a special day. Today mm-hmm. we have the whole crew here. Scott is back in mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, studio. Steve is here. And uh, Billy is here. Mm-hmm. Good morning. You know, and everybody is ready to go, and we got a lot of... A lot of good questions out there. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, I've got this one for everybody. Let's see. It says, um, I've heard several ministers saying that we are now seeing the beginnings of the great falling away, as mentioned in Second Thessalonians. Would you agree? And if you do, is it something that we can reverse or at least limit its impact on our local churches? What could a regular church member do to help the clergy i look forward to hearing from you and i'm going to start off with steve on this because steve talks about this all the time you're up brother all right uh well let me address the latter part about helping the clergy uh just do that right anything that they need uh volunteer anything that needs to be done volunteer and um and then if they they make a decision and do something don't complain about it Right. That's how you help clergy. Like the color of the carpet. (laughs) Come on. Right. There's a verse in the the latter part of the book of Hebrews, I believe it says, to make it easy upon them. Something along the lines of make their their work easy. And um, so anything is just a a great help, Um, because if you're there and you're helping and you're praying and you're studying and you're contributing, then you're not part of the great falling away. Now, if we're in that, it it really comes to... um, where you're standing, right? Because if you're inside the house, you can't see the sun. If you're outside the house, you can see the sun. In America, we are falling away. There's no doubt about that. But in other parts of the world, the gospel is exploding, right? There is some big movements uh, in China, um, in Iran, uh, in Iraq, right? There are many places that a lot of these different ministries— In Africa. Right. um, These missionary groups are reporting about how many people are are coming to Jesus. But in in America, obviously, it's— we're falling away at a pretty rapid pace. And because we tend to be very um, narcissistic in America, we think that because the gospel is falling away here, that that is the great falling away of the entire thing. Well, it's hard to convince people about anything if they think that everybody has the truth. Yeah, right, right. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's why when somebody says, I, you know, my truth, and, you know, I point out to them, there's no such thing as my truth. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, the truth. Right. And then there's opinions mm-hmm. you know as far as that goes you know and we all know what the definition of that is because everybody has one right <laughs> but that's a you know it's that's the problem in america yeah it really really is if you have no truth then that that everybody can kind of coalesce around mm-hmm. uh then you're in trouble yeah serious it, serious trouble it, it's a modern form of uh idolatry because you take your opinion and you lift your opinion up above above God, above God's word, above God's truth, and so you create uh, an idol out of your own opinion. Um, you know, God dealt several times with Israel when he they made 
they uh, made an idol out of military power. They made an idol out of their relationship with other nations or with their prosperity or whatever they had. They, right. As soon as you take something in your life and you make it more important or more, you give more deference to it than you do uh, God and his word, then you've, then you've created a, a modern-day idol in mm-hmm. your life. And mm-hmm. so you become guilty of the sin of idolatry. And it's that, you know, I, I'm just teaching right now in the book of Jonah. You know, Jonah's inside the 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 belly of the the great fish and and don't say whale <laughs> don't say whale i'm and, just saying and in the midst of all this at the very last or the very last part of his prayer he starts talking about idolatry and it seems like a very odd thing to do he's already talking about how about him you know all about him about how he was how wrong he was and all that but then he starts talking about idolatry at the end and really was what he's saying basically is you know he basically made an idol out of himself and his own opinion his own desire his own will and uh, and American Americans don't think that if you don't have an idol set up in your backyard, they don't think they're committing idolatry. Right. But they really are by by exalting their opinion so uh, so high. But going back to what Steve was saying, um, you know, as far as the great falling away, the I think if I'm not mistaken, from 1980 to the year 2010, uh, church attendance dropped by 18 percent nationwide here in America, and nobody said anything. Yep. I mean, we're, and Banna is the one who did the study on that. Yeah, we that we basically just stick our head in the sand and keep saying how good and wonderful everything is because you know this is uh, this is America, or we just see our local church and think, woohoo, everything's going great. Look at our local church, and you forget the fact that that the nation itself is uh, is collapsing. I think that it was just a couple of uh, months ago uh, the new stats came out. I think it was Barna who did it. Uh, that for the first time in U.S. history, we are now below 50 percent of the mm-hmm, population mm-hmm. that actually attends church. Well, how did we get here? I mean, these things don't happen in a vacuum or overnight. We have slowly been eroding, but because you know uh, people have wanted to stick their hand, head in the proverbial sand, or I don't want to have a bad confession and talk about how bad things are out there, so we're not going to talk about it. We're going to ignore it. Um, you know, we we find our, we find ourselves uh, here. Is that uh, you know part of the great falling away? Well. It's certainly not a part of the great gathering up. So um, there is a falling away here for sure. But like Steve said, there's there's revival happening in other parts of the world. And I think that we can see a great revival, but you have to remember there's a difference between revival and harvest. Mm. And revival is for um, the church, and it might just be a remnant of, of us that are surviving. But listen, I have friends of mine, um, you know, and across the board um, – the best I have heard right now is that churches are down 30%. Mm-hmm. That's the best stat I've heard. Other churches are down. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine not too long ago in North Carolina. He's They're down 60%. Yep. Um, uh, another friend of mine. He's, That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 50 to 60 is what I'm hearing. Wow. Another friend of mine. Uh, the church we planted in Scotland, uh, and I pastored there for uh, 11 years, uh, they have they have only just begun to allow to even be able to have church. They've been shut down for a year and a half. And, of course, the pastor does all he can to try to hold them together. But if you can't be with your people. So I think yeah. they're meeting yeah. once a month right now is the best they can do. And then he's holding these you know, virtual Zoom uh, meetings. I mean, the rest of the world is, is going crazy. And we're going to talk about that. I sent you guys an article about that. I saw that. that. You yeah. know, I'd like to talk a little yeah. bit uh, about that. There's a question inside this question that I thought was good. And, and that is, uh, would you agree about this falling away? And is it something that we can reverse or at least limit uh, its impact on our local churches? So I'm wondering how many people think this. Okay, so this has been 
prophesized uh, in the Bible that it's going to happen. Well, if it's going to happen, is there anything that we can do to slow it uh, down or stop it, or is it just supposed to happen? All right. So, Billy. (laughs) I give you that good one. Well, there you go. Um, (laughs) Just because it is prophesied um, does not mean that we should not be battling against it. Um, Just because it is prophesied does not necessarily mean it's going to affect your local congregation. We should still be praying for the God of the harvest. Uh, We should still be praying that um, souls would be won. We should still be praying for our local congregations. We should still be out um, talking to people and, and inviting people to church. We should be doing... It should not change well let me rephrase that assuming you're doing what you should be doing it should not change uh, the fact that you are out trying to win souls yes might the whole thing fall apart on on the grand scale absolutely might your local church be a point of light in a dark world absolutely that is what you are called to do anyway so um Yes, I think it's all falling apart around us, but that does not change the fact that I'm still out doing every day the same things I've always done, calling people to repentance, calling people to salvation and get those in the right order, calling people to salvation, then calling them to to live uh, holy and sanctified lives. Um, That has to be the mission that we are out taking care of, regardless. Scott? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I agree with Billy that, uh, you know, even though um, we may be living in a a nation or a world uh, that's under judgment, you still have to to, to fight against the darkness. Uh, But you can't stop a prophetic word. If, you know, if if a word is given, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But is it going to happen to you or your local body? That's things that you can can stand, uh, stand against. So you can't stop it. The Lord says, you know, gross darkness will cover the earth then that's what's going to happen. But that doesn't mean that every individual is going to be dark. We can still be points of light in, um, in a dark, dark place. I'll go ahead and just mention this, because I think it's interesting. Of all these pastors I've spoken to, which has really been interesting, interesting to me, I mean, I have heard it consistently. They have said, even though our attendance down is down, they've said, you know what? But our giving stayed the same. Yeah, yeah. And – and I and for 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 months I was just like man that's just amazing just kind of perplexed me and then then the thought just hit me the other day and I thought you know what probably the reason why the giving stayed the same is because the people who left yeah were the people who weren't giving anyway mm-hmm. right the ones who have quote fallen away were the ones who are not engaged with their tithing engaged with their giving right you know, the Bible says that where your treasure is where your, your heart is, is. Yep. so if your heart isn't you know, if your people's heart is in the church, is if they're if they're giving, and yep. if they're not giving, then those are, that would be the first la- layer that would be easily swept away. And so, how do you have a church down thirty, thirty five percent, sixty percent, yet the giving remain the same? You can't keep it the same unless those who've left weren't giving in the first place, yep. which is, and that that's 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 pretty that's pretty intense. Which you Military can question at that point. You, <laughs> you have to question at that point how sold out to christ they were yeah, right right, right. I mean, i've heard stats and they, they may be changed have changed now i heard it years ago but they said uh, i think it was barna who did it uh that only 18 percent of the church world tithes yeah how, how do you how do you do how that? do you rectify it that? right yeah. right uh you know we we believe in um we believe in lordship salvation jesus yep, said yep. you know uh why do you call me lord lord and you don't do what i say so there is 
there is, you know, an acknowledgement of him as Savior, but then there's actually a receiving him as Lord and letting him rule and There's a life. disconnect for there's sure disconnect. in the church. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break. Easton Towing wants you to know, no matter what the situation, for instance, is it that your car broke down on the highway and you need them to come out and tow your car? Do you need to have a tire change because they'll come out and do that? Did you lock your keys in the uh, in the car and you need them to open up the car so you can get your keys? Or... Could it be that you're sitting on the side of the road and your car went down and behind you, you got a 36-foot trailer that you're pulling? How do you get both of them off the side of the road? Well, those are all questions that East End Towing will be happy to answer for you if you find yourself in that position. I want to give you their phone number, put it in your phone so that if you need a tow, so sooner or later it always happens to everybody, and it will be at the most inopportune time and you'll be all emotional about it. And if you have the phone number in your phone and you go to it, uh, you, things will probably come out a lot better that way. Uh, the number is 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. So you just got to hit East End Towing and it calls them and you'll end up knowing where your car is. It's not going to be in an impound lot. Uh, it's going to be where you have had them send your automobile to. So uh, when you need a tow, when you need somebody that knows what's going on, when somebody can handle uh, all the situations because they do have the answers, it's East in Towing. All right, the next question can be kind of divisive at times. It has been very divisive within the church. Well, thank the Lord we never deal with divisive questions no, on I, here. We never do that. Yeah. <laughs> never. All right, Bible guys, could you please address the biblical role of men and women (laughs) in the operating of church leadership? I have heard so many different things about how and what can and should be done by the different genders and am now left confused. I don't want today's morals to affect what I am thinking, so I want a biblical perspective. Mm. That's That's the first thing that you said that makes really is where you should start the uh, the bible says that most of the leadership or primarily the leadership is with the men and then the uh, wives job is to let them think they're in charge uh, <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's true primarily the bible speaks of the leadership in men and yes there you are plenty of references uh, where and a lot of people always quote Deborah, right? Where the the judge of Israel, and they will quote a couple of the Priscilla, yeah, those churches that were in the New Testament. But the it is primarily designated to men. Anytime you see that designation, it is the men, the men, the men, the men. And and so I think only in a vacuum of leadership um, should there be uh, women leadership. And I think that's what the Bible primarily teaches except for the rarities maybe a rare calling or maybe a specific calling doesn't mean women shouldn't teach because the bible also clearly mm-hmm. says that the women should teach or the younger women yeah. or prophesying mm-hmm. right there was a barnabas i think had four daughters that were prophetesses mm-hmm. so it, it's not well, that they don't have functions but primarily in leadership uh, it is to be men okay so being from my southern baptist roots they would say a woman can do just about anything except be behind the pulpit. Mm. 
That's what they would say. You can't yeah. beat a pastor of the church. Yeah. Just can't. That doesn't say she can't get up and speak on a, any right. given time, right. but she cannot be the pastor yeah. of the church. My rule has kind of always been senior pastor. Um, I, I don't even mind if a woman is serving in under pastor position over like the ladies ministry or something, but she can't sit in a senior's pastor's role, not, not in a church I'm going to attend. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that. Um, All right, you're the pastor, Scott. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, so are the other two guys. So. Let me. Um, you know, my. Um, I think in our, you know, this person mentioned about she doesn't want the the morals to affect um, her, and, and that's a really good thing because um, our world is confused about um, the. Diff- they're confused. They think that equality. Is sameness right? That what that equal means same, and it doesn't. Um, we are all equal in 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 value to God. We're all equal in our spiritual uh, life in God. We're all equal in uh, God's um, the payment that He paid for our life. But we're not the same, and our world tries to make us all the same, and that's just that's just ridiculous. We're not the same. God didn't make us the same. So a church can either be what we call egalitarian or it can be called or it's a complementarian. We our church is what we call complementarian, which basically means that men and women complement each other. God made us to where mm-hmm. we would complement each other because we've been given given different strengths, different proclivities, different talents, different talents, that's right. And um and you know whether you whether you whether you like it or whether you don't like it when the Lord set forward the authority structure he set it forth uh, with the with the masculine in the lead, and that's the way that he that's the way he did it. That's the way he always did. Jesus, as the you know, as the great example, surrounded himself. He chose the ones to be in his his uh, his apostles. All of them were, of course, uh, he chose that were men. We know that uh, you know. You think about it. Whenever um, in the very beginning, when God goes to the garden, uh, and there's a problem, obviously, um, God knows what happened. Um, and of course, Eve ate the fruit first, um, but God went straight to Adam, and He went to Adam because Adam was responsible, uh, and He was responsible for his wife. And also, I'd go ahead and point out that when when Eve ate the fruit, if you read the story, when Eve ate the fruit, nothing happened. No one's eyes opened; they didn't understand good and evil until Adam ate of it. Uh, Adam was that key, uh, and as a matter of fact, the Bible says in the New Testament it says. Through one man's sin, mm-hmm. uh, death reigned. So it wasn't Eve's sin; it was it was Adam's sin. So from the beginning, God established uh, the authority structure as being uh, man, and then uh, the woman. As a matter of fact, He said, "The head of God is Christ. The head of uh, the female uh, man is um, head of woman is uh, is the man." And that's that's not um, that's not sexist. It, it's just the way that God set up. Um, authority structure oh it's, so, it's thought of sex of course like it's, the left now well, I mean, it's, it's, that's when you, absolutely that's when you take our morals of today and you try to rationalize but but it's always been um, set up that way but i'm with the guys i think women can do just about anything within uh, within um, uh, a church uh, structure but as far as when it comes to the senior pastor um that we see as being inherently male but also even if you look grammatically at the um at the gifts like in ephesians chapter 4 it says God gave apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Um, they're all in the masculine. Um, they're not in the they're not in the feminine as far as uses it with, with with grammar. My wife does not like to be called um, pastor. My wife's name is Loretta. She doesn't like to be called pastor Loretta. People do that, I think, out of deference or respect for her sometimes. 
Um, but she doesn't like it because she knows that that's not her gifting. That's not what she, she is. But our society wants to make everybody equal. Now, that being said, in the, in the Jewish community, the rabbi, his wife is called Rabatzin. So she's given a feminine title. Uh, not that she actually serves as a rabbi, mm-hmm. but because she's married to the rabbi, she's given an honorary, if you will, title. English just doesn't have that for uh, – Spanish does. Like a like a, a woman, she would be called pastora. So she's given a female version of that as a way of a, a deference and honor and respect. I heard uh, one guy explain about the role of a – Ten seconds. If you had a female pastor, uh, the guy – the husband could not submit because the Bible says that she is to submit to her husband. How could the husband submit to the female pastor because he doesn't have a pastor now? All right. We got to get out. Okay, so we're supposed to be having some rain here over the next few days. Uh, if, by chance, you see a discoloration on your ceiling, could be you got a leak, I would highly recommend that you call PI Roofing, 707-3551. Or uh, you know, get a hold of them by uh, going to uh, their internet address. That's just piroofing.com. Or uh, if you got a commercial building, maybe your church or you got a business and uh, you want to have your roof checked out, PI Roofing is good for you know commercial businesses uh, as well. They do a lot of great work. In fact, uh, here just the last couple of years, they came out to the uh, – uh, Cabot Cinema, the uh, VIP Cinema, and did their roof out there. Because a lot of people will tell you, I got a flat roof. They always leak. And that's not true, not if they're taken care of correctly. And PI Roofing will do that. I've talked to Joel about that a lot of times. He says, that drives me crazy when they say that. They don't always leak. They won't leak if they're fixed correctly. So if you want things fixed correctly and professionally, do it with PI Roofing. Just go to call them 707-3551 or visit them online, piroofing.com. Uh, and I'm happy to say that I've not let anybody, any other business uh, on my roof. I've done all my repairs and everything with PI Roofing. They've been really, really good about it. All right. Got another question for you guys. You ready? Yep. This is a good one. Um, the other two were good, too. I was wondering if you guys have ever heard of something called the fifth gospel. What is it? I would assume it is completely unreliable and should be avoided. Am I correct? Also, tell me plainly, and I would like to hear an opinion from each of the Bible guys about this. Are we in the last days, and can you see then uh, the end of time from your theological perch? I'll I'll just the easiest one is the is the first one fifth gospel Uh, uh, yeah the fifth if this person is is referring to what I think they're referring to um, archaeology is called the fifth gospel typically if you're looking if you're studying any type of um, um, if you're looking into theological writings I don't know where you're getting this from but typically it's called it's just an it's it's not literally a gospel it's just it's just an idiom they say they call it the fifth gospel it's like the media is called the fourth pillar all right all right yeah yeah so the fifth gospel because archaeology talks bible i mean you you find you know you find where where you know where samson um you know 
You find the place that he pushed the pillars down. You find the place where David uh, fought Goliath. You find the place where Jesus walked on the sea. You find Jericho. So archaeology is called the fifth gospel. Um, So they shouldn't be spooked. I mean, if that's what it's talking about, there's nothing to be spooked about that. Basically, the fifth gospel, archaeology, just confirms the other gospels. It confirms the scripture. Unless it's something else I don't know about. I think they're talking about the gospel of Thomas. uh, Well, there's the gospel of Thomas, the gospel of Peter. There's others that are out there. Enoch. Uh, well, they don't really call that one a, a, a gospel, gospel, but okay. they do call it, you know, it's a pseudopigraphal writing. But the I, I can't remember the title of this thing, but I've been hearing about it, that there's some um, uh, scholars that are saying that they all used a different gospel yeah. than the one we have now, than the four that we have now. And that the four drew from that quote unquote fifth gospel. That's the gospel of Q. Yeah. Yes. Typically. I think. Yep. 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 I yep. think that's what mm-hmm. they're probably referring to. And uh, in, that, in that case, we wouldn't give credence to it, no. right? Right, Because we think that um, um, the Spirit of God uh, poured upon each one the desire to write their own account of what they saw and what they witnessed. There are some believe that the uh, synoptic, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, all used a basic foundational, maybe Mark, uh, and then Matthew added to it with uh, from his perspective, and then Luke added to it from his perspective, but John was kind of on his own. Um, that's that's a debatable thing, but they did not pull. I should say there's no evidence, and I highly doubt that they pulled from some quote unquote unknown Q or fifth gospel. Yeah. All right, on Amazon, okay, it says. Let me get down here. It just says there are five gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the Christian. Hmm. But most people never read the first four. There are any number of books on how to do evangelism. This book is different. It's an invitation to actually live out the message of the gospel. Does that make any sense? No. no. All right. Are, are they are they saying our lives as Christians yeah. are the fifth gospel? Uh, that, would, yeah. that would be how I would interpret that statement. Oh, yeah. We're, we're living epistles <coughs> we type the, thing. Yeah. 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 Jesus' original in, uh, intention was for ordinary people like you and me to live lives that point others yeah. to the only yeah. person who can give them hope for this life <clears throat> as well as the next. To visibly display the good news of salvation, though, or through the uh, Messiah and Redeemer of humankind. But many Christ followers today are either ridden with guilt for not telling others about Jesus or so silent that no one really even knows that they are a Christian. I can't disagree with that position. If your life doesn't shine a light in dark places, then you probably need to check the source of your light. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. But 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 as far as technically a, quote, fifth gospel, then no. Okay, so now they want to hear your guys' opinions. Okay, not truth, opinion, all right, <laughs> uh, from each of the Bible guys. Are we in the last days, and can you see the end of time from your theological perch? Let's start with Scott. Um, well, yes, we're in the last days. Um, if you're looking biblically at it, the last days actually begin in Acts chapter 2. Right. That's what I was going uh, so, to say. Yeah, right. So now, where are we at in that spectrum? Where are we at as far as uh, how far down that uh, that line would go? Well, we know that um, we're closer now than we were in 1948. We're closer now than we were in 1967. And just for you guys who don't know, in 1948, Israel became a nation. 67, Jerusalem came back into the hands of the Jews for the first time in 2,000 years. So... I just read. The, I just watched the movie uh, Exodus again the other oh, yeah. day. I love that movie. Yeah. I really do. It's not totally historically accurate, 
but it it does pick up a lot of the the Jewish feeling mm-hmm. of that time. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Paul Newman is excellent in that movie. Oh, sweet. Anyway, um, yeah. So, um, so yes, we're in the end times. How far are we down the road? Um, I wouldn't be able to, to say exactly, but I. But you know, when you look at what's happening with Israel today, even though it's it's a wonderful thing that all these nations are starting to move embassies there and declare peace and starting to have all these uh, um, accords and agreements with people. Um, that also means we're further down the road because that's a part of what's going to happen in the end yep. is, is peace is going to be declared and we're going to start crying peace, peace. And then all of a sudden, sudden destruction. There comes. is no peace. So how far are we are down the road, the other guys might know better than I, but we are, are we in the last days? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What do you think about Biden? Open another U.S. embassy in Jerusalem this yeah. time for the Palestinians. Yeah, he wants to open a consulate there. Yeah, uh, but yeah. they're not a nation. Yep. You can't. It's it's one of a thousand reasons why God's getting ready to tan our hides. Yep. <laughs> uh, right, because we allow these anti-Israeli um, people to be in charge. Right. Um, but as far as the question goes, I. I believe and it's because of part of what uh, pastor scott was citing is the restoration of israel i think is the biggest sign um what part of what pastor scott was referring to was a belief in judaism that there would be six days of creation equals six thousand years uh and the jewish people teach that there would be two days of chaos two days of torah two days of messiah jesus came about two days two thousand years ago and we're in those last days those last two thousand years and, and if you take the biblical history and line it up with secular history, it, we are approximately 6,000 years from the time Adam was created from the, the biblical record of time. Uh, and because of that restoration of Israel and because all of the nations, there really is such a global disdain for Israel that there is going to be this false peace. What what uh, he was referring to is the Bible says that when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them. I think it's from Thessalonians. So there's going to be this illusion that the people are friends with Israel, but the devil can't stand them. Um, and there there are just so many references that we could give in scriptures about how Jesus couldn't come back until they were in the land. Because one of them, he said, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He was speaking specifically to Jerusalem. So until the Jewish people made the declaration, he is Messiah. And so that is why from um the destruction of the temple, the devil has continued to try and to kill the Jewish people because if they can't make the declaration, then he could prevent him from returning. Right. Uh, and because we're watching, I believe, the what is without doubt is the collapse of America. America is collapsing. We will not come out of this without a massive of biblical proportions revival, both patriotic, uh, first spiritual, then patriotic. We don't come out of $30 trillion in debt. So you're going to watch this nation collapse, whether it collapses hard uh, or whether it's a soft collapse and we just lose our, our prominence in the world. But I believe all of that has to do with this coming together to build this national coalition, this one world government, one world religion. And it all just lines up perfectly with that timing with Israel. So I think we're in it. Who knows how close, but I, I would be shocked if it's outside of 100 years. Yeah, if it, if it comes quickly, uh, like uh, some collapses do, or will it come like Rome's, which took hundreds of years? Right, right. All right, go ahead, Billy. Uh, so I think I said from the pulpit this past weekend that I think the clock's setting at 11.59.59, and the second hand is already moving. Um, <laughs> I really do. Um, I think we are in the 
final days, the final gasp. I think um, you asked about my opinion of Biden, and I will bite my tongue because I have no interest in in visiting the Secret Service again. <laughs> I will use the word again there. Um, but I think he is the, the appropriate leader for the time. I'll say that much. I think he's the appropriate leader for the time because there is a there's a superpower in the world which needs to come off the world scene so that the rest of the world has the opportunity to misbehave the way they've wanted to since 1948. Um, so uh, that's that's my position on that. So All right. I, I think we're there. Uh, there you go. We're really close. You think we're in the, where are we at in, on the on the road of the end times? Do you think? I think we have passed the no going back line. I really do. Right. I, I think we're. Um, I, 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 there was a, a great pastor in my life who recently said, I am not setting dates. I'm not setting dates. Seriously, I'm not setting dates. Uh, but if we if we survive another decade, I'll be surprised. Really? Yeah. It's just the, the, what we've done to ourselves as a country is um, untenable at this point. The the things we have done economically, you, you said $30 trillion, Somebody said $30 trillion, But in reality, our unfunded mandates are closer to $250 trillion at yeah. this point. Um that's that's more than the entire world GDP for years and years and years. Uh, you, you just you can't survive it. But if if something happens to us, because um, right now we are we buy the majority of cars, the majority yep. of oil, we buy the majority of everything from everybody. If we fall, yep, the whole the planet, first yep. the whole planet falls down because everybody depends on us to buy and, their stuff. And it's Israel's last earthly protector. Right. Right. And how much do we provide food substance, substance yep. to the rest a of the world? A lot. Yep. So if we go down, then the world doesn't get fed, and we don't get our goodies anymore because nobody so, – But what does that do? It, that just hastens the there, chaos. There you go. Yep, which is what That's they right. want so that, that individual and or entity, uh, United Nations, globalist, anti-Messiah, whatever, all will rise out of the chaos of that. That is why I believe – What's happening to America is happening now. It's the timetable, and it's why I don't think we can reverse it. We yeah. can't pray it away. We can only be what these guys are saying is a light in the midst of the collapse. See, that, that goes back to our first question, which is if it's prophesized to happen, yeah. is there right. anything you can do to stop it? Mm-hmm. If, this is, if this is God's timetable and it was all set up from the beginning that America would rise to its prominence, be the biggest pusher of the gospel and missionaries around the world, the global supporter, the restorer of Israel, the protector of Israel for, until such a time. And God's going, uh, we're, we're done. Your time's up. So yeah. stop praying. You better prepare yourself. All right. Let's take our final break. Let me remind you about Dustin Turner. Uh, big uh, note comes out today about how many you know houses have been sold in september and i think they're going to find that the seller's market is still in uh, in vogue right now and there's going the inventory is still going to be low because they're not building a lot of new homes so that means it's existing homes that are selling and there's only so many existing homes that people want to sell so that means that it's going to be a seller's market right now for uh, what we can see out there uh in in the world of and so who are you going to use? Well, I think the, the the main question on that or the answer to that is, is the person you're going to choose, do they understand how houses sell now where they didn't sell in a certain way uh, in the past? For instance, Dustin Turner 
he's not worried about you baking cookies and having some lemonade or iced tea uh, for open houses. He doesn't go around town and put a bunch of signs up saying open house today, uh, two to four. He doesn't do that because he finds that that's not the way most people do their shopping. What do they do? You you go to the place where you can see the most houses as quickly as you possibly can because you need to move quickly to buy the house, and that is the Internet. So Dustin Turner gets the picture. He, he takes some nice pictures of your house. He gets it on as many Internet, internet sites where people can view your house as possible, and then they fall in love with your house on the Internet. Then they come out and look at your house. And you, if you can back up what you've shown them on the Internet, you're going to get an offer, just the way it's working right now. So Dustin Turner gets you in front of more people than anybody else out there. Give him a call, 501-952-2969. 501-952-2969. And you ask him a question, you'll get a straight answer. You can trust this guy about that. He gives you, you know, the real deal. He, he breaks it down for you. I've had him in my home because I'm thinking about selling my home. Uh, the HomeTeamSolda.com is where you find him online. Again, that's HomeTeamSolda.com or just Google him at Dustin Turner, the home team. All right, back with you. Got final few moments here. Got about six minutes to 8 o'clock. So uh, I found an interesting article okay. that I, I wanted to talk to you about. We've been going through this whole COVID-19 thing now for over a year, and it is causing problems within the church. Sure. All right. Uh, Here's uh, what the title of the article is. Imposing vaccine mandates are dividing Christians with a, quote, different gospel. Hmm. Uh, In July, New York City's Redeemer Presbyterian Tim Keller's theologically conservative church, firmly embedded in the mainstream of American evangelicalism, quietly posted a statement to its website regarding service attendance. And here's what it said. Individuals who are fully vaccinated are welcome to sit on the main floor of the sanctuary without social distancing and masks will be optional. Individuals who are not fully vaccinated are welcome to sit in the balcony. How has this whole COVID thing affected the church? Is well, it, know, is it, is it the divisive, you know, object that's tearing the church apart? I'm pretty sure it was Messiah who said, uh, bring your sick and push them into the balcony and keep them away from me, right? What, <laughs> oh, that was not Messiah's message? No. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Um, it's, it's disgusting. It really is. Yeah, there's a. I mean, we could do a whole show on on this part and and how divisive it has become. And I I tell everybody, everybody has to make their own decision on this. Yep. On what they're going to do, and no one should be judged or condemned one way or the other. If you feel compelled that you need to be uh, vaccinated, then get vaccinated. If you don't, then don't, and then don't condemn those who have made that decision either uh, prayerfully or just statistically. You know, I I go through and share that a lot with people that. Don't believe the hype. Go do your own statistics and find out where you're at and what age group you fit in and, and is it a threat to you and that kind of stuff. But um, it, like I said, we could – I'll just stop there with that because we don't have enough time to get into all of it. But we need to let 
people in the church decide between them and God what they decide to do. And I, I don't know. I would say it's not appropriate for a pastor to be doing that. Okay. For instance, all right. A lot of people think this is only leftist churches mm-hmm. that are doing this. Well, Atlanta's Piney Grove Baptist Church uh, says those not prepared to provide proof of vaccination will be asked to provide a doctor's note explaining why they can't get the shot. It, it is. I'm looking it, at Scott. You should see him. It is. Um, it's fleshly. It's carnal. It has nothing to do whatsoever with the scripture. I mean, you know, we fight division on so many different fronts mm-hmm. as it is. And for something so ridiculous as a piece of cloth across your face to have people divide over is the height of immaturity. These are immature decisions being motivated, I think, primarily by fear. Yeah. It could be fear of the virus or fear of reprisal from people in the congregation. But any way you look at it, this is secular, it's carnal, it's immaturity on the part of these leaders. It's very sad. The writer, when we were out of time, made this statement. He said, Grace Cathedral's pastor told the Desert News that even though no government regulation compelled his church to ensure or require vaccines, he ultimately wanted to emphasize health over accepted traditions. By that, he evidently meant traditions like those found in Romans fifteen seven. therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. <laughs> Amen. Good point. That's, a, that's really, really great. Anyway, guys, thanks for coming in. Had some good stuff to talk today. If you got a question for the Bible Guys, it's BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. Send it anytime during the week. I send it to them. They start looking at it early, and then they're ready to go when they come on the air on a Tuesday. So until next Tuesday, gentlemen, have a great rest of your week and have a fantastic Sabbath. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming in. I'm Dave Ellswick. Tomorrow, the congressmen are on here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.